Good day, good morning, hello wherever you are. This is me, Ben Calder from the Centre for Integral Health here with my colleague, Marcus Matthews, who is Transformation Coast, RTT practitioner, hypnotherapist and life coach. Uh, I think I've probably got all of the most important ones in there for you. Yeah, I do, I do stuff with people, that's basically yeah. what yeah that, that's actually a nicer way of putting it isn't it what do we do with stuff for people and it, and things change stuff happens and things change, yeah so marcus and i getting together today this is world suicide prevention day and any of you who have been following uh marcus's media my media for the last few years you'll know that for us this is a, a really important topic and something that uh <clears throat> i'm getting choked up <clears throat> something that we we both feel really passionate about and and we're going to talk about Marcus's bit in a minute, but just as a, a little little introduction, I'm passionate about it because for a long time through various parts of my life, I had very suicidal thoughts. And I'm really grateful that I also had enough of the right tools at the right times that I never did anything about that that was terminal, which I'm really grateful for. And this is a heavy subject uh, to a degree, but we're, we're going to keep it light. You'll see us smiling yeah. because we're alive and we love it um and and it and it's very difficult for a lot of people when they're when they're having suicidal thoughts when they're feeling suicidal when they're wanting to give up to to be able to find uh, a motivation and an emphasis a desire to go forward with that and i'm so grateful that i did because it means i still get to explore and experience the beautiful things that the world has to offer and i get to be with fabulous people and and share things with them so you know Suicide, as far as I'm concerned, for the most point, and the desire for it is because we we want to find an end to what it is we're experiencing. And so often we think that that is about an end to us, but it doesn't need to be that way. We can just find a way to end the thing that is intolerable to us and move beyond it and move on. But that's enough about what I think about suicide, apart from the fact that, you know, as a couple of guys here uh, who are and that we're, we're now, are you older than 45 as well now, Marcus? Forgive me. Mm. Yes. Yeah, OK. We are, we are both over 45 now. But I if you're under, it. yeah, if, if you're under 45, it's the single most likely cause of death for you. And, and that is the highest cause of death for men under 45 is suicide. And that is a sad, sad thing to hear. Four times as many men as women commit suicide. And there's suicides happening every few seconds around the world, unfortunately. And we want to try and bring an end to that. So success stories. I'm still here. Marcus, you're still here. I'm still How here. did you get to the point where things were not great? It's a long journey. And I think that's the important thing. And I think that what I would take in is that the point that you have start to have those thoughts isn't actually it's a moment when you see the top of the iceberg and it's 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 the things you haven't considered through your life so it might be that at the moment it's a poor relationship or it's something at work or it's something like that it's something in your adult life that maybe it's been going on for a few years but i know from the work that i do that that journey started a long time before that so it's a drip feeding before we notice that um and being a former police officer, I was the one that ran towards that. I helped a lot of people. You know, I was I was British Transport Police, so I dealt with suicides. I picked the bodies up. So I gave the those messages. So you would think rationally, oh, traumatic job. That's the reason why, you know, you felt that way. You know, PTSD, all of that sort of stuff. But it wasn't. 
as I reflect back on it now, I didn't know at the time, and I won't go into all of the neuroscience and the psychology that I've now uncovered as to that map, but it was very simply this. I felt disconnected. I felt like I had no purpose. And I didn't feel that I was good enough, that I was different, and the, the life that I thought I should have wasn't there. And the worst thing of all was the guilt and shame of thinking, I'm not providing for my family, I'm not doing this, I'm not, why is it that I'm different? Why is it that's not, this is happening to me? It logically, and that's the big word, logically does not make sense, but I need to fit in, so I'm going to bury it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to show up as confident and I'm going to show up that everything's okay. And those things are when we did the antecedents for when people had, you know, had committed suicide, a lot of the times is we never knew. There was yeah. either the never known or the people that were already in the mental health system that maybe weren't getting the support that they needed. And it's always very challenging that. But I, I think the biggest shocks are those that go, such a lovely guy, really confident, never knew that he, he was having these thoughts. We don't understand. And that's when the shock, I notice with families, when people have, have maybe attempted or they're in real mental health crisis, so they're in the system, let's say, yeah. there is more of an acceptance that that might happen. The biggest shocks are those people that they just do it. Yeah. And of course... And, that, you, and that, that was my category. That was where I was. Yeah, and you hit it right on the nail on the head as well with the with the shame and the guilt. Such such a big factor that somehow we think we need to apologize for something that we're not actually doing wrong, but there's this implication that we should be, could be, ought to be something that doesn't fit for us or doesn't work for us, and therefore we should feel bad about that. And that's so often a, a big cause behind situations where people think it's time to end their lives. But what helped you? What what helped you, but what didn't help you? What what was useful and what wasn't in your transition out of that stage? I think we can all agree that there's lots of awareness that goes on about anxiety, mental health, and all that sort of stuff. We know the importance of that. And I know that organizations generally are trying to support what they think people need. So I think there's lots of good work going on by lots of people in this space. I think the biggest challenge is, is that when you're when you get into that valley, I call it the valley. So you don't realize you've slid down the slope and you're in the valley, you're in the darkness. And what happens, actually, what happens is, is your thinking brain shuts down <laughs> and your emotional brain, your amygdala takes over. And that that happens and you don't realize you're there. So the first thing is, I probably didn't realize that I was on that path. Until it got to a point where I couldn't communicate it. And there is, without a doubt, and I don't care what anybody says, there is still a stigma. Yeah. There is massively a stigma. And I I know that because after what happened to me in the police, and this is not demigrating the police or anything like that, I was stigmatized uh, around that. And, there, and I wasn't stigmatized out of anybody doing anything wrong. I think I need to make that clear. There's no blame here. It's a lack of real understanding of what that feels like to go through it and the mental health at um first aid course i would recommend that to anybody who has access mm -hmm. to that it's one of the Amazing. best courses i've done around awareness certainly if you're a manager if you're a leader do that course because one of the things in that course is there's a box and it tells you that people can move <laughs> they can move from where they are quite quickly from being suic feeling suicidal to feeling well again and the key thing 
it's feeling connected and safe because our mind is there to keep us alive. And it doesn't know the difference between the toxic box boss and a saber-toothed tiger. So it's all about empathy and connection. And that's what I didn't feel I had. I, I felt like many people that I was, I was going through a system and the system is there to protect us. And that's our society. So nobody technically is to blame. It's a lack of understanding and awareness. And that's what we, we're trying to bring is that for me, suicide wasn't my realization afterwards was, was that suicide wasn't a bad thing my suicidal thoughts weren't a bad thing the anxiety that i was suffering wasn't a bad thing it was actually my soul my spirit trying to wake me up and say yeah. this is not who you are this is who you're supposed to be and it's the killing of the program of who you've become not the killing of the physical yeah. but unfortunately that's something that isn't discussed or understood and i can only say that from my experience I and mean, i think that's really important i'm not saying that's the same for everybody but it is the same for my experience and it's also the same for my clients and other people i've spoken to that it's that why don't i fit in i'm not connected this feels so unfamiliar i just want to feel as i'm connected and it's actually my body reacting and telling me you are amazing you are brilliant and you can do this but we don't understand the stories. We connect to what we we know from our past. Is that, I don't know if that makes sense. And it's also very difficult as well, because one of the things that's inherent in many species, many creatures, is, you know, and mammals, is that when there is a diseased or sick member in the group, you isolate them. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do is get sick uh, yeah. and get diseased. So that there's also a deep unconscious part of us that's pre-language that says when something's wrong you know that there's a warning there we want to pull away a little bit so yeah. it, it it's more than just an awareness or a consciousness it's something that's inherently built deep into our systems yeah. and without being able to uh, work with the recognizing of those sensations and then being able to process them in a different way based on the land that you're in the moment that you're in the space that you're in to make it appropriate you just feel like you need to step away so and i think it's important thing. to add there ben that if you've never experienced that feeling it's very difficult to understand it's not something you can read in a book it isn't logical it is deeply ingrained in all of our lineage as part it's a, it's a survival instinct and yeah. for the tribe to go this person isn't fitting in with the tribe they're not connected we need to we need to manage that somehow so we don't get infected even though it's unconscious like you say and then the person who's being ostracized is going, well i want to be connected so they think they're doing people a favor and that's why i wrote in my book about this and and, and lots of people say is I, I believed that by taking my life i was doing my family a favor i was doing the yeah. world a favor. i was such a burden on everybody yeah the world would be a better place without me what i now know is my spirit was telling me it was the absolute opposite, but that's that's the the irony. So, so what do you think is stopping you? What what's changed, and now what stops you from going back to being in that place? Because lots of people go through cycles of this. So, what do you feel is constructing a healthier reality for you that's helping you to stay away from a return? I think the best way. I, I did tell you a story about when when I went back into the police and, and they said, well, how do you know that that you're, because I broke the rules, right? It was kind of PTSD, feeling suicidal, 
supposed to be in therapy for like 18 months or whatever. And within three months, I was back on on the streets with my taser. I was doing PSU. I was back on duty. Now, from a risk point of view, you've got to understand the police, you're dealing with difficult stuff. You don't want to put somebody in a position where they're going to hurt themselves again. Um, but this was my answer when they asked. I said, because I know I'm enough. <laughs> but I want to put some context on that because this is really important. If my... I I came out not feeling well from a suicidal point of view after I was assaulted. So you would think trauma, that trauma point happened. Um, and then that was what caused the chemical imbalance in my brain. And I start, all that sort of stuff that we kind of know is out there. Here was the root cause. When I was six years old, I was on holiday with my with my parents and my brother. And we were on the um, on the beach and my brother threw a Frisbee into the sea. Now I could swim. He did it on purpose because I'm the younger brother because he wanted to wind up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like completely normal, right? So I go into the sea and this wave comes over me. And I don't mean a wave. I actually mean a physical wave. It wasn't like some emotional experience. Uh -huh. And and I then get tumbled in this wave and I felt like I was drowning. That's why my book's called Drowning in Anxiety. Mm -hmm. My brother and my dad grab hold of me, pull me out. Okay, so I say and then start laughing. Okay, is that not normal? A bit of banter and all the rest yeah. of it. My mum comes down, shouts at my dad, shouts at my mum, takes me up. Could that happen to anybody? Yes. It's trauma with a small T, yeah. not trauma with a big T. And a, a lot of the time, it's the, the traumas with the little T which have the biggest impact when there's lots of them. Yeah. My subconscious mind did this. My dad and my brother were there to keep me alive. And I didn't feel connected when they did that. Yeah. Therefore, I am now going to prove that I'm big enough, strong enough to look after myself at six years old. Yeah. What I then did is that was a pattern of behavior that, that I subconsciously then indoctrinated. And when I challenged, when I pushed forward and I got knocked back, the same pattern of disconnection happened in multiple situations up to the point I was 40. So we know the mind works off repetition. So if you go through a, a, a similar emotional pattern subconsciously, so you don't really know it's happening, but it is, and you repeat that enough times, the, the mind and body will kick in and it will say, no, 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 this is destructive. We, you don't need to do this. But unfortunately, and if anybody's had anxiety, if anybody suffers, I, I call it the cloud, the cortisol drops down. It's like the cloud where the, where the neocortex and the precortex, pre, uh, prefrontal cortex shut down logic is not in play here and it's completely emotional so these feelings that we feel are just not congruent so we feel that we're different we feel we're disconnected so our soul is not connected our spirit is not connected our body's not connected and that so then all of a sudden we get these thoughts of we need to change this we need to kill this but the way in which i personally and many people i've worked with reframe is i need to kill the physical mm. and it's not it's yeah. about killing it's about killing the, the process upgrading your computer your software and throwing the baby out with the bathwater rather yeah, than just ending the situation yeah. everything yeah. has got to go and uh, not realizing that really all we're going to do is pass that pain on because at that point we're <laughs> going to add something to somebody else's life that is also going to you know, not be healthy and, and, and having worked mm. with clients who 
uh, who are unfortunately have had family members who have taken their own lives. It, it's a terrible, terrible uh, place to be for those that stay behind after as well. So and this is why it, it, it could be with anything as well. We know this things like drug abuse, domestic violence. There are patterns. If you look, we call it antecedents in the police. And one of the reasons why you look at the antecedents is, is what is the pattern? What is the historical pattern? What's the medical pattern? How far has that gone back? And how can we break that? that cycle and these thoughts are a natural way in which the mind and the body is saying we need to break this cycle it's just we read them completely wrong and and that is the challenge to make people aware of for sure so what would be your most important tip for anybody that is wanting to manage their mental health and uh, avoid or move past or transcend or release their suicidal thoughts do you know what I was listening to a, a lady called, I think Susan David, she's a PhD psychologist, and she explained this in the most beautiful way to me. So if you're having those thoughts, I want you to think of them as a cloud. So they're a cloud. And if you're having an amazing day, that's the sun. And the one thing that you can just say to yourself is, I'm noticing the cloud. So if you're feeling down, you're feeling like life's on top of you, I'm noticing the cloud. Not I'm noticing I am the cloud. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing the cloud. And if you're having an amazing day, equally do the same. Oh, my God, I'm having an amazing day. I notice that I'm the sun. But you're not the cloud and you're not the sun. Mm -hmm. You're the sky. Mm -hmm. And these things are going to happen. It's like the seasons. We have winter. We have spring. We have summer. We have autumn. They all have a place and it's all part of our growth. Mm -hmm. So when you pause and breathe, God, the breathe, the breath, you know, that's the most important thing. Just pause, take a deep breath in and go, I'm noticing. And you are not the thing, you are noticing the thing. Mm -hmm. That, that on its own, just that little simple practice of saying, I'm noticing and just stopping and breathing. I think it's, it's five to seven seconds. If you can do that within five to seven seconds of that emotion, that breath, that, that thing coming into your life, you will catch the mind the cortisol won't flood and you can then bring yourself back online so i would say that is the most important thing and if you're with somebody who's in that place just hold space for them and just get them to breathe yeah and it, it's amazing the differences we can make as soon as something becomes a, an object, something that we notice outside of us, it, it, we are no longer the subject of it. Mm -hmm. And so its effect on us is transformed. So that's a, a beautiful tip. Thanks, Mark. The is the most powerful word as well. The, so, the anxiety, not my anxiety. Yeah, yeah The sure. suicidal point. Don't become it. My suicidal thoughts. Because then you don't become it. You then become the observer rather than embodying it. So I, I just wanted to give that tip as well. Thank you. So you also wrote a book about some of this stuff, didn't you? Tell us the name of your book. My book, I was going to call it The Power of Not Proving, because that was kind of the essence of it. But then I, I realized that the feeling that I'd had, those suicidal feelings, so the feeling is like the most powerful thing that drives us, right? So anxiety is a feeling. You can't go to Tesco's and buy it, right? It's something you, you create it in your body and then attach a story to it. So I called it drowning in anxiety because the, the thing that linked was the feeling. So when I was tumbling around in that wave, the feeling that I was going to drown was the feeling of drowning in all of these thoughts. So that was the, that was the name of the book. Um, and it's 
it's really unedited and I, what i did is once i'd kind of i got 136 I, I was in the redwoods um temporarily i didn't get submitted i wasn't submitted in there but i had to go to the 136 suite and I, I started writing a diary and i said oh girls only write diaries but as you sat there feeling sorry for yourself i thought let's write this down i don't know where that came from mm-hmm. i also started to to do breath work and look at yoga uh, and, and really try and look at that and and so the book really is my diary yeah. but it's not just my diary and it there's lots of swearing in there you know fuck did this happen so it's it's very raw it's very real but then what i also do towards the end of the book and it's only it's only a short book it's 85 pages long or something like that um but what i then do is i i I talk about the realizations that i had the therapy that i used and then all the other stuff that i'd learned so my journey started with a book that my journey started with a book. I wasn't, I can't afford therapy. I'm not going to go and see anybody. I'm not, my journey started, and that book, um, I, I'll, I'll give it a pitch. It's called The Ultimate Confidence by Marissa Peer. But that book changed my life. Mm. So my my book is more of a, a survival guide from my experience. Nice. Um, so although the book that I, I, I read, Marissa's book, was really, really useful, it didn't actually go into any detail about what that experience feels like. It gave me tools. It gave me a bit of an understanding. I related to it 100%. So the book really talks about my experience. So if you know anybody or you're interested in this, then I definitely, it's it's online. It's only Kindle ebook. Um, it's not in paperback yet. Hopefully I'll get it published one day. Um, but it, it is something that I think that if you're not sure and you're watching this and you've had those thoughts, it might be one of the best investments that you've made because you can feel connected and know that you're not the, and this is the thing, you're not the only one. Yeah, yeah. We all have those demons. It's just being vulnerable and courageous enough to realize that they're there to help you. So, That's yeah. Good. And we're going to stick a link to that in the description for the video. So you'll be able to get hold of that nice and easy. So Marcus, thank you very much for sharing part of your story and, uh, and for being here. Because in World Suicide Prevention Day, you are a success because you prevented it. You're here and we're alive. And that means that we can support the world, support each other and uh, continue living life. So thank you very much, everybody. And can I just just one last thing? What I would say is, is that when I did when I did this and I got through the other side and you've been through there as well, Ben. So you, you kind of understand this is that I made a promise to the world to never let anybody go through what I did. Mm-hmm. um so that was my purpose that i now now put through the whole of my life so anybody who's feeling they're not here for a reason do you know what what you're going through could be driving you towards your purpose mm-hmm. so i just wanted to leave with that yeah sometimes you're not being buried you're being planted yeah yeah, well, yeah. brilliant well thank you everybody stay safe stay happy look after each other on this world suicide prevention day and every other day And we'll speak to you again soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.